Culture has the power to delight, excite and absorb us. It's a fundamentally human thing. From entertainment and music, to literature and art, culture gives us a sense of belonging and plays a vital role in enriching our lives. I'm Nati Katambala and this is Superculture, a Selfridges podcast series celebrating the importance of culture to each and every one of us. After a hugely challenging year for the creative industries, we're toasting to new beginnings by meeting remarkable people from a range of disciplines who are inspiring change, joy and positivity in their artistic fields. We'll hear from them about their early influences and impactful moments that have gone on to shape them and their careers. In this episode, I'm joined by choreographer and artistic director, Benoit Swan Puffer. Hello, I'm Benoit, and I'm the artistic director of Rambert. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm really excited to talk about the world of dance. I was saying to you before that I've never actually interviewed anyone who is in the dance world before. I wanted to just start with a question. Obviously, you've lived in so many different places and been immersed in their cultures. And I wondered, how would you define culture in your own words? Of course, culture means a lot of things for a lot of people. And it's true that it's a wide world. And this word is um, very different from one person to the other. So for me personally, well, I was born and raised in Paris, so it, it, I am French and I have this French culture. But however, I spent 25 years in New York and I did uh, understand and did experience a different type of culture. And to me, culture itself is its life. It's life that includes um, belief, arts and um, culture is passed down from generation to generation. So for me, when I came to America, of course, I had a culture, a culture clash yeah. because I was very young. I was 18 years old, moving from one continent to the other. I did have to adapt. I did have to understand and I did have to respect beliefs and other other way of living and other way of seeing life. And that's what culture is. It's really opening your mind. And as well, it brings the people together and it brings as well a different quality of life. Paris is described as a centre of culture. So what was it like growing up there and how do you think it kind of influenced who you are today? When you live in Paris and when you grow up in Paris, you don't realise how lucky you are because... Uh, we have access to art and the government at the time when I grew up there believed in art and really put funds and resources and gave the opportunity for people who, like me, um, I was raised by a single mother, to be able to access art in any kind of way. So it's true, my mother liked to bring me to a lot of things and at the time I didn't really understand why or I was a bit dragging my feet. But it was very much like she would bring me to exhibit, flower exhibit. She would bring me to theater, dance and museum because we had access and it was free. So for me, this time of my life was essential. And I think it gave me a sense of understanding of what art could do and 
what how you could perceive it and how it will challenge you. Even as a young kid, I could feel that I was uh, raising questions and I was asking my mother, why this, why that? And she was responding uh, with her abilities. But to me, it was more, more to stretch my mind and to uh, experience firsthand different beliefs. Do you have any early memories of being influenced by culture? Many. So <laughs> one thing I believe that changed my life and it was a recital. My best friend invited me to a recital. I was six years old. And I, I saw her dance on stage and suddenly balloons came down the sky. It was truly magical. And when I said that, it was so profound that I had to say to my mother, I like to do this. I would like to be able to be on that stage and experience what she's experiencing. And little did I know I would end up choreographing and directing, but it started with this. So then talk me through a little bit of that journey from that epiphanous moment, in a way, to actually becoming a dancer. How did that all start for you? I was really lucky to have a mother that let me do what I wanted to do as far as my likes and dislikes. She really never pushed me. She was another stage mom, basically. <laughs> she was encouraging me, uh, really helping me to develop as a young man and a long, uh, young little boy. And as I told you, she was a single mother, so she had to work sometime at night. So it was after class, after school, uh, I would take dance classes. And it was very, um, not professional, just to keep me busy and be with my friends and be able to exercise. And I was lucky enough to have as well the right people around me, the right teacher who guided me and realized that I could be a dancer and I had the, the body and I had the, as well the facilities. And he gave me the opportunity to go to, from one school to the Conservatoire Supérieur de Paris, which is a free school. Uh, it's, a, uh, it's a challenge to get in, but once you're in, they take care of you. And I did all my, my dance education there in Paris. I found that so fascinating um, when I was reading about your story. The fact that, you know, it was a super competitive environment and you had to audition and it was challenging to get in. But the fact that then when you're into this prestigious institution, that it's free and it, like you you get to focus on dance rather than paying your bills or whatever, which Absolutely. seems like such a foreign concept, which is sad. Absolutely. Uh, at the time, I didn't realise how lucky I was, mm. but to be able to focus on the craft and have the... We, we had the top teacher and the, so giving the knowledge, having gaining the knowledge and being as well followed in a way that for, for the courses and the growth and being able to be a meeting choreographer because once you're in this school, you have access to everything. And yeah. I, I believe that he gave me my, my foundation as a dancer. And would you say there was any specific cultural moment that you witnessed that kind of helped to shape you as an artist? As I told you, I had mentors. And one of my mentors put this VHS tape. It was a documentary about Alvin Ailey. And at the time, again, we're talking about mid-90s, mid-80s, <laughs> mid-90s, okay, okay. <laughs> if you push me. <laughs> uh, 
Um, uh, <laughs> so this tape and it was this documentary about Alvin Ailey and it was truly the first time I saw black dancers celebrating who they were, celebrating the human spirit and to me when I saw that I had, I had to dance for this company, mm-hmm. it was evident to be I didn't know if I was able to do this, but that was my goal. And a goal very young, I was probably 13 years old, before I got to the conservatoire. It was it was so important for me to be able to do this because I felt something so strong and the beauty as well of those dancers and the stories of being able to express and being able to be proud on this stage, celebrating the Ailes, the African-American experience. You obviously did end up getting into the Alvin Ailey American Dance Theatre. You left France to pursue dance in America, um, and we touched on it briefly, that it was definitely a cultural shock for you. I wondered if there were any big or what the biggest cultural differences you noticed were between Paris and US and kind of dancing in those two environments? There was a lot of things that I encounter and I experienced. I, I did experience the uh, American dream. That was never one of my goals to, to live in America, but because the Ailey Company was there in New York, I went there and I, I got a scholarship to, to go there. But it, I do believe that in America, one thing is for sure is that if you have talent and if you have drive, you will get somewhere and they give you opportunities. It was evident for me that was the case. That was one thing that I felt very different from France. France is a bit different. At the time, uh, there is a lot of dance centers in France and where a choreographer has a residency. I was probably supposed to be focusing on this, but for me, there was no way I did. I could not see myself in this company. I didn't have any plan B. The only thing I wanted to do is dance for the LA company. So it's a limiting, it's very <laughs> limiting and not so many choices. Tunnel vision. Tunnel vision, exactly. But I was lucky enough to be able to do it. And what was it like seeing that company live for the first time and being involved in it versus, you know, seeing it on that VHS all those years ago? So the first time I saw the company was in the Paris Opera, and I think it was 1992. So uh, they were announced uh, probably six months prior their uh, their performances, and you have no idea how much, I mean, to me it was... Oh my God, it was finally I'm going to experience firsthand. Yeah. And uh, uh, I saw them every night. Uh, I'm, I'm a bit obsessive. <laughs> <laughs> but again, seeing them on, on the stage, to me, that was the beginning. The beginning of it is possible. If I keep my, my focus, I can get there. As well, seeing Revelation for the first time, which is the iconic piece of the company, celebrating with him some spirituals and celebrating, again, the Black experience. When you experience this piece, that's when you understand how dance is powerful and how it can actually change your mind and change your 
your vision of life. So basically change the world. We danced this piece. Uh, so when I got the company, I danced this piece a thousand times during the stay, I mean, my stay in the company and from one continent to the other. And you could see the same reaction, standing ovation. Mm-hmm. So it proves you and it's a, so it's Negro spiritual, so English language. And when you go in Japan, we do the same and you see them standing up. So you understand that this piece touched the human spirit. And actually, it doesn't matter if you understand the language, you feel and you understand what this piece means. And do you remember how it felt to dance it for the first time? Oh my God, I was a mess. <laughs> Imagine something that you've seen for from age 13, 14 yeah. to, and I got the company probably, I was 22, I think, 21, 22. It was... Uh, surreal being able to live your dream but at the same time you suddenly you understand that you have a responsibility to continue this dream because I'm sure one of uh, in this audience there was another Benoit there was another little kid who for the first time seeing the piece and will probably feel what I felt at the time so again it's a generation to generation it's so important to give this and give the opportunity for this audience to see this piece How would you describe Revelations as a dance piece for someone who hasn't seen it? Revelation is an iconic masterpiece who has the power to bring the people together. Truly, because as a dancer, and first as a viewer, and then as a dancer, experiencing it, dancing it is one thing, but it's the effect that he does to the world. This piece, I can't compare any other piece because it, it transcends race, beliefs, religion, everything. This piece is like an arrow that goes straight to your soul. How did you become the artistic director of Rombert? I was an artistic director in New York. Then the company was Cedarlec, Cedarlec Contemporary Ballet. And he became, so first he was the underdog. And within my tenure of an artistic director, he became one of the best company in America and if not the world. And it was as well to revamp or to give another life of the company. The company at the time at Cedar Lake was nine months. So I, I, I built it the ground up. But with Rambert, what I love about is that it's an hundred years old company, uh, organization, and it is a company that has followers and uh, and fans and a, a lover. Lo- they love the company. It's the little darling of the Britain. And to me... Having the opportunity to give a new chapter to the company, uh, make it more more now, or like make it uh, still alive and still relevant, it's a wonderful opportunity as an artistic director. I know that you've talked in the past about how important representation is and how much it's needed in the world of dance. And I wondered if you could tell me a little bit more about that and how you think about that today in your new role as an artistic director at Rambert. For me, it's so important. And it's not just because of what happened this year and last year and that now people waking up and mm-hmm. seeing that it is important. To me, it's been 
a decade, more than a decade, that I felt it was important because as a mixed race kid in Paris, I didn't get a chance to see myself on stage. I didn't, I, I never had a chance to see someone and say, oh, I could be this person. It's when I saw that tape that I said, oh, wow, yeah. it's there. It's somewhere in the world. It is happening. And it's actually, there. there is an opportunity. But if you don't, as a director, understand the importance of your role of putting and hiring and having, uh, giving the chance to everyone. I mean, it's a difficult task, but at the same time, it's possible. Yeah. If I can touch someone in the audience and they and they see themselves, they will say, "I can do it too," and yeah. that's so important to me. So, when it comes to creating your work. What sort of places do you find inspiration? When I think about this question, it's tough because every day I'm trying to be inspired or find inspiration. So it basically it's life. When I see interaction in the tube, when I see people holding hands, when I see a dispute, when I see people dancing in the park, when I see... Uh, so anything, music, a cafe, a new uh, relationship, uh, new meeting, new encounter. To me, all this is kind of like I'm I'm stocking or I'm keeping everything in mind. <laughs> yeah. And then, once I have the opportunity to to create, things will trigger some movement and will trigger thoughts that I would like to put on stage. And obviously, the pandemic has been a tough time for the arts as well. How did you adapt? How was it able to, I guess, challenge the way that you? approached the art that you make? I mean, it was um, shocking what happened for us because for us, everything is a live entertainment. So we need people. We need people to see. We need to have interaction. Yeah. And that was cut. So meaning the theaters were closed and everything. I mean, it was just, what do we do? And how can we keep going? And especially at this time, I felt like the importance of art was even more. So I thought about live streams and the, the live stream we do at Rambert are very, I believe they are different from the others that uh, offer live streams. So it's not a captation of of the work itself. It's more, it's more about immerse the audience. So I'm lucky enough to have a building where we have studios. And what I, I thought, what if we'll do, we do our performance at home, but not in a studio setting, that we transform the studios, that it becomes kind of a movie set. And that what if we use the camera as a performer? So now the audience, because you see the the, the show or the, the, the work through a screen, what if I will do th this work but through my eyes through my uh, my mind so basically what you see now the show is not kind of a, a a picture where you decide to look at what you want to look at suddenly i'm guiding you through the journey to to see the work through my eyes and to as well the medium the film the live stream gave me opportunity as well to push the boundaries as because it's not a stage transitions are much yeah. different i can make you disappear so through the film i can truly give you a sense of how this piece needs to be experienced again i think 
everybody has a choice to experience art differently. But what I thought is that this medium with the live stream could give opportunity to people who don't have access to live art. And I guess I wanted to ask as well, how dance helped you through the last two years that have been such a strange time for so many of us. Has the role of it shifted at all for you? Or? I, I hope it shifts for everyone because I think nowadays, especially of, of what we experience, the world experience, it needs art, needs to be entertained, needs to dream, needs to hope. More than ever, art has to be there and be experienced by anyone and be accessible to everyone. Why do you think it's so important to democratize dance? I do believe, and it's, I say it that with a, it's a bittersweet because I do believe sometimes dance can scare people. When I talk about it, they say, well, I don't know what I'm supposed to see. I'm not, uh, what am I supposed to understand? And the first thing I said to them, is not what you have to understand. It's like you just have to feel. And what you, your interpretation is as valid as mine. And it's actually maybe more valid because my eyes is so trained that I see maybe things that is not, it's irrelevant. But as a normal, like I do dance for people. And Mr. Ailey said as well, the dance comes from the people and it needs to be delivered back to the people and to me that's it it's like you don't do dance for your dance peer you dance for the world for the world to experience it and hopefully change for the better what are some of the things that you're looking forward to doing next creatively where is where is 2022 taking you 2022 has a lot to offer i hope (laughs) yes the companies uh, so we have two companies, but the main company is going to tour internationally in Paris, in Spain. We have this wonderful platform called Rambert Home Studio and that gives access to classes and for everyone and I'm not talking about it's for dancers it's for everyone you can do uh, Caribbean dances you can do Indian dances you can do you can do dances with your child you can like there is a lot of to offer and through the website you can be as well aware of what we are going to do This podcast is part of Selfridge's ongoing exploration of the most exciting individuals and ideas in the arts. Tune in each week for more thought-provoking discussions and keep an eye on superculture at selfridges.com for mood-boosting events, art films and interviews that continue to explore the importance of culture. This is a Radio Wolfgang production and featured Benoit Swan Puffer. The producers were Cass Denton, Palama Kaufman, Holly Aquilina, with sound design by Ivor Manley. The executive producer was Ellie DiMartino. Martino.